Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome back, everybody, to Finding Certainty. Uh, We are honored today to have a very special guest, Mr. Gary Reeves. has a long list of accolades to his career. I'm very much looking forward to speaking with him and talking about his background and his uh, contributions. Um, I know these uh, type of uh, interviews and experiences, Gary, are not always comfortable for you because you're not a you're not one to talk about yourself, and yet it's part of the course, of course, to introduce you and and tell your uh, tell your story a little bit. But really appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we are uh, we are blessed to have Gary with us because um, not only has he accomplished a significant amount in his career. But the thing that he is most proud of is the service and the social impact that he's been able to be a part of. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. In fact, the title of today's show is how the how love and kindness can impact our business and our lives. I think maybe we take that for granted, but it's a topic that definitely deserves attention. Uh, we're going to break that down a little bit, talk about some examples and uh, both from Gary's life, I'll share a couple of my own examples. But uh, we're uh, we're very excited to have you here, Gary. I always start out um, the show by sharing a, just a couple of reasons why I've selected this week's guest. And um, first and foremost, um, Gary was introduced to me by Frank Hellring, who was the host of Business Buzz, and he said, "Patrick, you and Gary." Will resonate with each other because you both have a servant's heart. That's probably the the first reason I asked Gary to come on because it's it's absolutely true. We're we're new friends, we're new acquaintance acquaintances. So we're I'm just starting to really understand what that means in Gary Reeves. Um, I have uh, I've always tried to uh, to give back and always tried to to make a difference throughout my life. I've had some extraordinary mentors. And so when I meet somebody like you, Gary, that's, that's, that embodies that throughout your career and throughout your life, that really, uh, that really resonates with me. Uh, the second side of that is, um, or second reason why I wanted to invite Gary on our show is that not only is he serving others and he's, he's had a significant impact uh, from a social impact standpoint in a number of different ways, which we'll, we'll go into a little bit, but he has this unique ability of putting together parties and groups that maybe you wouldn't have considered. Uh, groups that have differences, groups that are um, that come from different backgrounds and different walks of life and so forth, and, and helping them collaborate and come together. I'm going to ask you for an example or two of that, Gary, but I think that's a really essential part. It's really a, a, um, a key part of finding certainty. As uh, I started to tell you, Gary, just before the show, when when I was asked to start the show, Finding Certainty, I was a guest on Frank Hellring's show. He invited me to meet with Robert Cellino, who's the uh, senior executive producer, the general manager for Voice America. And the first question he asked me was, what do you want to do your show about? What would, what would two pillars be about the show? And the first 
As we've discussed in the past here, anyone who's listening, the first is that businesses and nonprofits, they have to evolve. They have to be willing to explore new relationships and new technologies and new um, new um, opportunities, possibilities, mindsets, et cetera, et cetera. The second is that I believe we have to work together to accomplish what we want to accomplish. There are significant things we can do, but we'll never do as much as we could if we don't do it together. And there's this there's this problem in America that it's 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 very divided, and um, we're focused more on our differences than on our similarities. And yet, if you look at it, we really do have a great deal in common. Um, as you and I were discussing just briefly, Gary, that we may vote differently, we may um, we may come from different backgrounds, go to different churches, et cetera, but we have so much in common. We 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 care about our kids' safety. We care about nonprofits succeeding. We care about business being strong, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so anyway, with that framework, that's the second reason I asked Gary to be on our show today, because he, he is a, a fantastic example of that, of bringing groups together. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today. So, so Gary, um, you, you've been a, uh, a music uh, icon. I mean, you helped you helped find In Vogue, which is one of the most extraordinary female groups of all time. You've you've been in entertainment with working with everyone from Michael Jordan on his uh, Michael Jordan's Playground video, from, from which is the number one selling uh, video of all time on NBA Entertainment. Uh, you went from there and have, have worked with uh, Magic Johnson with. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Jimmy Fox, uh, the uh, you know, and you have you, you've worked with these celebrity performers and top names in the industry, and yet if I know you, and anyone who knows you will say, those are not your top accomplishments in your mind. Right. The things you are most proud of are the ways in which you've given back and the ways you've helped others to do more. You have the uh, Emmy Award-winning TV uh, series Give, which mm-hmm. was on NBC originally, correct? And now it's on right. uh, Oprah Winfrey Network. Yeah. And so, is that a is that a safe statement that those are the types of of, of experiences and, and contributions that you, if you're proud of anything, those are the things you're most proud of. Is that is that a safe statement? Yeah. I, um... You know, as we were speaking kind of off camera earlier, um, you know, a lot of those opportunities really showed up through my passion for people. And, you know, I've always been just a curious kid, you know, when I was young. um, I always kind of was one of those people that kind of investigated, you know, kind of what's the origin of of how this manifested, right? So, you know, from world leaders to social issues and concerns to, kind of the beat that people move by in life. You know, it's, um, I was just always, you know, from a very young age, like 14 years old, I, you know, just my pastime outside of loving basketball and I did basketball, bowling and, and baseball early in my life and in martial arts. And, but my real passion was just, I loved, I was just intrigued by like world leaders and, mm-hmm. and then what was the silver lining between, you know, what was biblical and what was practical you know, so, I mean, from, you know, Ernest Hemingway to Henry Kissinger to JFK to Martin Luther King to Gandhi 
Benjamin, Benjamin E. Mays, who spoke and taught King and Jesse Jackson, who was at Morehouse, which a lot of people don't. Uh, I think he needs to be celebrated more. But just kind of, you know, what's the silver lining between all these different leaders? And it still just landed on, you know, being kind, being loving, um, and pushing that. How do we push that forward so more people can embrace it, right? To um, have a more just society, have, um, you know, more uh, equality, you know, equality and, and respectability for women leadership and um, the, the inclusion of diversity where, like, I'm just a big person around. It's not about color. It's about character. Right. And right. Some people are not going to. I know there's people that don't agree with me because I'm African-American around that statement. But how do you not agree? And I have, you know, kind debates <laughs> <laughs> around, you know, because the argument, you know, for people that have, uh, say, had a struggled, right, where, where, where we felt like, hey, the playing field wasn't e equal. I say it wasn't equal, not be more on the surface, it may be race related, but the people that were making the decisions, it was a really about character. Right. Nice. So, so if they were just or if they believed in equality or acknowledging um, people's contribution based on body of work, uh, to me, it's still a character call. Although, although their motivation might have been about race. I mean, I, I recently, I unfortunately, went and had a racial incident. I mean, I was fine, but in a coffee shop that I frequented for 15 years. And, you know, I had a, I had everyone that st stood up for me was non-African-American. Right. right. And I just, I, I realized the guy was mental and, you know, he called out a race card and I didn't know he was speaking to me. Until, and then I realized he was speaking to me and I didn't say anything, didn't respond. And everyone else in the, in the coffee shop responded. And they asked me, was I okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, one, I realized the, men, the man has a mental issue. Two, um, I don't look at life that way. I, I, I feel sorry for him. Yeah. But I, didn't, I didn't take it any kind of way, him calling me what he called me. And my life goes on, you know. But, you know, it's, I didn't need to be reactionary. Right. Around, right. Because, one, I assessed he has an issue. Two, culturally... I call people like that culturally deprived, right? Where they just don't have life experiences to to see the the equality, the 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 that were the silver lining is you know more about humanity than it is about race. Fairness is really about character than it is about measuring uh, opportunities because of or having the inclusion because of uh, because of color. I couldn't agree more. I um I was fortunate to grow up in a family that was diverse. We had my my brothers adopted from Samoa, as I was telling you. My yeah. sister is adopted from Korea. Yeah, she's married to a gorgeous black man, named yeah. David. And uh, so our our family picture looks like the United Nations, right? <laughs> Colors right. of Benetton, and yeah, I love that. It gave me a unique perspective. And I heard you on an interview recently, um, where you talked about how if someone was raised in a different family, they'd have a completely different outlook. Right. I completely agree with that. Right. It's, 
we aren't we aren't born racist. Right. We aren't born with specific character. We might have specific personalities and specific yeah. talents that, that we come into this world with, but it's really drilled into us, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember a movie called Best of uh, Best of Enemies, and wow. um, it was about this Ku Klux Klan leader and this black uh, matriarch in this community who are forced to work together on this. So on this service project, it was something I think it was even a punishment because they, they caused I heard, a I heard I heard about this, yeah. So amazing. Yeah. And you watch him transform and come to love this woman. And it was the last thing he he thought was going to happen, right? And um was a, I highly recommend it, but it shows that not only is it something that can be taught from a young uh, from a young age. Mm-hmm. It's definitely drilled into us, but it, but it is something we can learn too, even right. when we're older. Yeah, if if, if we yeah. try, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's. I understand, you know, life circumstances are complicated, and depending again how we were raised and what we were exposed to, we we all respond to those circumstances differently. Um, but as I was sharing with you earlier, you know, one. I always say our imperfections allows God to show up. I'm not over, I'm more spiritual than I am religious, but you know, we, we're not perfect. Right. No. And, and we can learn from those lessons when we're, when our imperfections show up. Right. And so I think that's really our driver in life is we all want to do better for the most part, but more importantly on this racial divide is, you know, as I was sharing with you, um, I always look at, you know, the we and me, right? And I'm very comfortable with the we and me, which is when I encounter someone at that point, they ha- they're carrying a part of me. As I exchange with them, I'm learning more about myself. They're learning more about themselves. So it's if, if we can move with kind of this intention of the we and me, right? Instead of he and her, her, you know, all the different narratives around separation. But if you look at history, if you look at where we are today, if people really look at who they are today, they're a collective, right? Of, of one, the, the, the origin and the uniqueness that they came into the world, but then now they're a sponge after that, right? And they have influences and influencers and mentors and mentees and things of that nature and experiences. And so then you, you, you can't, you don't even know the butterfly effect of how you become who you've become. Right. So that's why I say if we practice the we and me, then there's more empathy, natural, just organic, natural empathy for 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 people. And there's no strangers like I don't look at like I'm not looking at strangers, but I'm, that's just how I'm dialed up. You know, I'm not when I walk in a room, I'm not saying, oh, I'm the only African-American person. In the room. I don't see the room that way. That's a reality. But I don't look at the room that way. Right. Basically. And I, I think that, that contributes to a lot of you know, kind of our, unfortunately, the challenges that we're having today or, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat, I always say it's about the truth. I'm not, I'm neither one. I'm about who is pushing forward the truth, period. That's how I feel. Exactly. Um, I loved your comment. I heard um, where you said, I never walk into a room a stranger because everyone is me, right? We have, yeah, we have um, so much common ground. We have, um, 
I mean, we're all brothers and sisters, right? If you want to get religious or get spiritual about it. Uh, yeah. I love the song from Mandisa about we all bleed the same blood, the same yeah. color red. And, uh, um, you know, you talked about how you're not reactionary, even with this gentleman who was in the, the, the coffee, coffee shop. Yeah. 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 I heard once years ago as a child that there's this space between an, an, an a uh, some sort of uh, impulse and a response, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The longer that space is, usually the better the response. Right. Too often, it's an immediate uh, knee-jerk re- reaction, right? right. And, yeah. And yet, if we'll pause and maybe even count to one, two, you know, one, two, three, before we say something, right? We're usually going to say something better, right? Wise, more mature, right? Inclusive. It's a really good principle to remember. Yeah. Well, the the in another point to that, I, which I won't go into, but at, not I didn't have a personal experience. I was helping someone else with the experience. But if you really look at it, um, we're really only what we acknowledge, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, if someone calls you out of name or out of you know whatever they may do that makes you upset. The first thing people have to realize is. First, you have to acknowledge it, right? So to me, if you acknowledge it, you're saying you are those things. So my deflective is I'm not going to acknowledge when I'm not. So it's no reason for me to get angry because what you're saying, that's not who I am. So obviously, you don't one, you don't know me. Two, you're not talking to me because I'm not that. Right. That's interesting. I, uh, you know, it's as much as we hate it, you know, when we've gotten the silent treatment from some, <laughs> from a spouse or a, a child or something, it is, it is so disconcerting because they're not acknowledging us. And right. it's a, it's a little bit of a, 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 um, a parallel there where until we acknowledge it, right. until we accept what they're saying until we confirm it. Right. Please really true. Right? It doesn't exist. Right. And yeah. if we, if we react to it, we're giving it more credence. My, my right. parents always say is that what, they, what someone says about you says more about them than it does about you. Right. Um, so I've always remembered that principle. But we're uh, we're coming up on a break here. We're going we we'll do a couple of breaks during the show here. But I'd love yeah. to come back and hear a little bit more about your upbringing and you know you, you talk about your big family uh, dinners yeah. every weekend and stuff like that. And I'm sure that's contributed to who you are. Your family, yeah. as, as right. all of us are bringing, contributes. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about that when we come back from break. So okay. we're speaking with Gary Reeves here, producer. He's an entertainment mogul, music uh, music executive. The list goes on. I don't know if we'd, uh, we'd take up the whole show if we listed all your accolades, Gary, but we really appreciate you being here. I, I'm enjoying the conversation so far. Or so far. Uh, we will be back, folks. Be right back with you. So hang tight. And thanks for being with us here on Finding Certainty. Certainty management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, 
T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're on Finding Certainty, and we're interviewing Gary Reeves, who has a long history of work in the music industry and television. He has a a significant um, story, if you will, of social impact, the ways in which he's giving back, ways in which he's inspiring others to give back. And I know, Gary, that's really the, your, your soft spot, if you will, right? That's, uh, that's the the part of your career, which I know you're most proud of. Right. Um, we we jumped into uh, an interesting discussion before about uh, some of the differences between how people think and reaction versus response and so forth. But I assume that much of that outlook and much of who you are has come from your upbringing. Uh, you grew up in, is it Berkeley that you grew up yeah, in? Berkeley, area, Bay Area. Um, but, you know, El Cerrito and Berkeley is probably a majority of my footprint of I was raised and, um, and you have a lot of family in the area, right? I know you growing yeah. up, you said you'd get together for these big family dinners and yeah, every Saturday for my entire childhood, actually, we used to get together at my great grandmother's house. So it was kind of like, you know, 20 to 30 family members every, uh, every Saturday. And I spent most of my weekends, uh, there, uh, with my, my grandparents, which were like four blocks from each other. My great, my great grandparents and my grandparents were four blocks from each other. So, um, no, we had a very, you know, closely knit family. Um, and you know, actually I always say that, um, my grandmother, great grandmother, my mom were heavily influenced my life on reference to what they call soft skills, you know, um, Right. You know, and so I got my soft skills there and, and really the, you know, respect for, or comfortability, I should say around women leadership, um, because I, I was exposed to women leading my life. Right. And, um, um, my dad was a pharmacist and he, you know, broke a lot of glass ceilings and the things that he accomplished. And he and I were very close, um, as well. And he was, um, a big influence in my life. My grandfather's a big influence on my life. I used to cut lawns with him every Saturday before I went to play little league baseball. So I worked, I, I kind of credited him with my work ethic. So I used to score keep because I was good in math, cut lawns with my grandfather. And then my grandmother had a dear friend who owned a nursery. And so she used to let me uh, 
water all the plants before she opened up the nursery. So I had three jobs nice. from from 13 to about 17, you know, in that kind of in, in, in those three buckets. And, um, you know, so, you know, going back to what your question was, I would say a lot of that molded me for sure. What's interesting, though, and I reflect back on it, like I'm not a drinker. No, never done drugs or anything of that nature. Um, you know, wasn't until I was 40 somewhere. I tasted wine just because of uh, we got Napa Valley and I was doing some things in the business of of the wine industry where we celebrate people through wine. Right. Right. And, <laughs> but they were heavy drinkers, you know, longshoremen, which are kind of like blue collar doctors is what they used to say you know, heavy drinking, heavy smoking, cigars, cigarettes. And I just never was intrigued by that, which was, and I saw that every Saturday. Right. And a lot of the men that I looked up to in my family were all longshoremen. So it's interesting how I was exposed to that my entire childhood and and really never stepped into that box. So when you look at, you know, how kids are cultivated and you say where your influences are, that's one that's always stuck out to me where I was surrounded by, you know, my dad drank wine every day. He came home from the pharmacy and had a cigarette. He ended up quitting smoking, but, but I just never, it, it never intrigued me. It wasn't anything where I was curious or, you know, so that's kind of interesting to me to this day, like how, 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 how did that happen? But, you know, a lot of it, like I said earlier, was, I was just a curious kid that, um, I didn't just jump into something, you know, I was, not challenging it from a negative standpoint, but just, you know, like what's the buy-in, right? What's the silver lining? Why people are buying into this? It's kind of always where I've always sat, you know, in that. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, um, I think we, we gain things from our families and from our upbringings, our mentors. And a lot of the time it's, we learn what we don't want to do, right? What we don't want to become. Right, and, and, and strengths we gain the uh, we gain the opposite. I mean, I grew up in a family yeah. where they franchised uh, a business all over the country, and it took a lot of time and kind of consumed our family. And yeah. I grew up with the kind of concept that I liked the idea of being an entrepreneur, but I wanted to do some things differently. I wanted to keep more balance in my life and keep it, you know, make sure I didn't have a business that was so complicated that that I couldn't uh, unplug from it. And so. Right. I can resonate yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and, um, but you know, all in all, um, yeah, even, you know, the block that I grew up on, you know, it was 18 kids who were all like brothers and sisters. My dad separated from my mom when I was 11. So I was the only household that didn't have mom and dad in the house, but I never felt like I was at a disadvantage. I never felt like I was an outcast. You know, so it's kind of like, um, you know, looking back, I mean, I was just living life, but looking back on all of these things that normally would disturb, maybe disturb a young kid, not feeling like, you know, they, they're not completed, right? Or they don't have a social, emotional uh, upbringing that was completed. But, um, you know, that's why I, I, I really take a lot of time and speak to, I work a lot with foster youth and just different kids that have what society wouldn't call normal circumstances mm-hmm. and, 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 and really share with them that you create your own norm. Really? You know, there is no, someone else's norm is not your norm. Right. Right. The, the silver lining in it though, is be kind, be loving, um, you know, 
Um, I always say, you know, if you can forgive without judgment, you know, forgiving is one thing people say, well, I'll forgive, but I won't forget, you know, so how do you forgive without judgment, right? And, and, and grow from the lesson and keep, just keep moving forward because everything is a lesson, whether you're proud of it or not, you're smarter in, in the moment than you were before, right? So, and those are just basic things that I think everyone understands it, but it's kind of how do you slow down and practice it? Right. Absolutely. Well, growing, important. Yeah. Growing up with um, a matriarch heavy family, right? Your mother, your grandmother, and, and he said they were very influential in your life. Um, I think that's a huge advantage actually, because, and I agree with you that children growing up, they need to, they need to understand that they can make their own future. They can make their own outcome. They're not, you know, too often we fall into this to these victim patterns where we feel yeah. like someone else it's someone else's job or I'm confused or yeah. and and we we um we really we run into this this we create our own roadblocks right we make yeah. it harder than it has to right in my opinion um one of the one of my favorite books I've ever read is a book called The Oz Principle, and it tells the story of the characters from The Wizard of Oz. They're going down the yellow brick road to find the the wizard who's supposed to fix their problems. Right in the end, they they come to find. I highly recommend this book, but they come to find that they, they had it within them all along. Right, the, the, the scarecrow figures out several puzzles. He obviously has a brain. The, the lion shows courage. The Hinman yeah. is so emotional. He, he rests himself a couple of times. Right. He obviously obviously has a heart. And then um, Dorothy realizes at the end of the story that she's been wearing the slippers that could have taken her home the entire time. Right. And we also find that the wizard was a shyster. He couldn't help them anyway. He was all smoke and mirrors. And so it's a really interesting analogy of, of accountability. One of the most important questions they ask in the book is they say, keep asking, what else can I do? And it, when you ask for help, it doesn't mean you're being a victim. If, if anything, it's empowering to admit that you need help, to reach out and ask for someone to, to mentor you, to guide you. Right. Uh, really, really interesting story. I've always, uh, I've always appreciated that. In fact, I, I have a book that just came out this last week on Amazon, and I wrote a chapter in it about this this topic about accountability. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's something that if you can understand it, it can absolutely transform your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and the other part of it, you know, you know, you know kind of leaning in on the Michael Jordan story and relationship, you know, uh, when I approached Michael, it wasn't about Michael Jordan, the great basketball player. It was the fact that he got cut in the 10th grade. Right. And at that time, nobody knew that story. And I felt that was an important story to tell. Because if he would have stopped playing based on this person that he respected, opinion of his ability, um, or just out of any kind of discouragement from the person that he respected, we wouldn't know Michael Jordan as we knew him today. And so it wasn't really about sports. It's about if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to own your own business, whatever it is you want to be. And you have someone of authority that you respect say, well, I don't think that's right for you. I don't think you should do that. And then you just quit. Right. And there's a lot of that because that's how we're dialed up, especially when we respect the person. So 
you know, I felt that was an important narrative to share because, you know, we, we definitely want opinions and insights from people we respect, but at the end of the day, no one can measure your passion for it. You know, even with my own dad in reference to, you know, I knew I wanted to be of service, but it wasn't sexy. You know, it wasn't something like, okay, how are you going to take care of yourself? And I just had a level of faith that I will find that place where it'll all line up and I will be able to take care of my needs, not so much my wants, because that's another thing, right? Needs and wants. Right. And, you know, and it morphed into, you know, you know, to where I am today, where I feel like I've, ri- I've lived a very rich life of experiences. And then where I've been able to bridge some of those experiences to inspire other people and uplift them and help them be celebrated as well. You know, and that's where, like going back earlier, that's my passion is, you know, I'm not afraid to celebrate other people, you know, because at the end of the day, it, it all comes back and contributes to us because we're all elevated by someone else's greatness, right? You know, we're more efficient now because of, you know, the Facebooks of the world or the Amazons of the world. People are more efficient around the things that are their own dreams. But now how many more entrepreneurs now can pursue being an entrepreneur because of Amazon? I mean, I don't even know what that number is. But, you know, so you start looking at, you know, celebrating other people's excellence if it's done with the right intentions, it opens up doors for your own dreams to be realized or kind of manifest other, you know, things that you're more, you know, that you're proud of or, um, um, you want to, uh, you uh, want to contribute. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. The, the interesting thing is I know with your career and, and by giving service, you talk about if you focus on serving others, you focus on giving back, everything else kind of takes care of itself. It comes back right. to you a thousandfold. Right. We've experienced that with our business, Certainty Management, where we are a cost reduction firm who right. made the decision to use what we're good at to help nonprofits raise free funding. So we, we, we work with nonprofits and say, we can help you raise unlimited zero cost funding. We charge them nothing for it. But when we made that pivot from profit to purpose, yeah, everything changed. We started opening up doors and windows. I mean, I've got Gary Reeves on my show today. You know, we, we, it's like the it's like God or the universe or whoever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, reached down and said, "You're doing good. I'm, I'm going to give you a hand." And we've met extraordinary people. We've opened up these relationships we didn't even imagine. Our business has just exploded. And it all happened when we realized we could do more than make income. We can make a difference. Right. So uh, if, I, if I may, I have a question for you. You, uh, you talk about soft skills. And I know you grew up as an athlete, played yeah. four different sports, growing up in a, but grew up with some strong matriarchs in your family. How does uh, a man today develop those soft skills while also being uh, a producer, a, a breadwinner, a, a leader, you know, that there's, there's all these strong principles, these strong uh, characters and, and, and concepts and mindsets that are driven into our brain. And a lot of, a lot of men, especially even women 
don't realize how important soft skills are. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it it goes back. It's biblical and practical Um, because at the end of the end of the day, it's soft skills are like I said, you know, how do you see the we in me? Right. Um, How to, you know, just being kind, being a listener, right. People skills. Right. And then, and then, and then giving people credit where they deserve credit and, and acknowledgements where they deserve, you know, deserve acknowledgements, you know, so that goes into the, the gender equalities in the workspace. I mean, just across the board, right. right. Um, um, your, your, your male counterpart or whoever that is excelling and acknowledging that doesn't take anything away from you. That's their gift. Um, but I would say listening and, and, and having um, seen the, the, the we in me, you know, that's the key, I think, today in reference to how we can really dial back, slow down and, you know, look at how we treat others is how we feel about us. If we're not treating people well, we just need to self-evaluate. Right. We need to say, like, why? why what's the chip on our shoulder that I can't be kind to this person or I can't listen to this person? Um and I think it helps if we have more conversations, right? And I think, you know, right. you've been a blessing to 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 allow me to be, you know, on your show. And I don't, for years, I didn't really do any interviews or anything because I was behind other, you know, more significant. I, mean, I, want, I don't want to say more significant people, but more celebrated, culturally celebrated personalities. And I was fine in that space. You know, and, and people used to say, well, you know, your story needs to be out there. It's not really my story. I get what what people are saying, but at the end of the day, we just need to be kind. We need to make our contributions more to inspire others that, Hey, you know, it's okay to be this way, to be kind, to be loving. Um, people are not perfect. You know, that's another thing, you know, we, we, we were a culture that pushes perfection and none of us will be perfect. We can't, you know, the beauty of life is correction really, you know? Yes. Improvement. Yeah, um, we're up against another break here, but um, I love this conversation because it's it's so true to success in life, to satisfaction in life, to connection. When you can edify others, when you can um, try to be patient with each other, yeah, and and remember, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No one's perfect. Right. And together, if we can take everyone with a grain of salt. Yeah. Seek to get to know each other, seek to communicate more, have more conversations. I mean, extraordinary things can happen. Yeah. And you really don't understand that, I think, until you you make that effort and you start to experience it. Like that movie, you know, Best of Enemies I talked about. It's it's we have this paradigm shift and this epiphany that if we have not experienced to that, we should seek it in our lives because it can change everything. So yeah. Anyway, we're going to go to break, but we're speaking with Gary Reeves, um, icon in the industry. And um, we'll be back here shortly, folks. Thanks for hanging out, and uh, we'll continue the conversation. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. 
Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T E A M, like Mary.com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. We always appreciate it when you continue to listen. And uh, we're having a great conversation with uh, myself and Gary Reeves here. Um, if you've been listening, we're talking about the power of kindness, of love, of conversations in business and in life. And, you know, Gary, I, I know you're a very humble person. You're, you're not one to talk about your own accomplishments. And that's hard because every host wants to talk about the celebrities you've worked with and the, the experiences you've had. And you, it's really a pretty impressive lineup. Um, but as you look back on your career, and uh, maybe I could ask you, is there, is there one person that you've worked with that had an impact on you? Uh, and maybe let's suggest maybe one person from history who has had an impact on you. I know you have some favorites, mm-hmm. but uh, do you mind sharing uh, just your insights on those two, those two individuals that have uh, played a role in your life? Um, celebrity or, or just in general, in general, whoever comes to mind. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, just, you know, obviously it's family, you know, my, my, my mother was probably my biggest cheerleader. I mean, actually my mother, my great grandmother and my, my grandma or my, you know, but I, let me credit my mom because, um, you know, she, she just instilled not only the love in me, but also that anything was possible. You know, she never an idea that I had or something I was going to pursue. Um, she was always the person you can do it. You're not, you know, and there were challenges, you know, being a point guard at my size at that time, I love basketball, but I also knew if you love something, it helps you push through. And so even when I talk to kids today, I always say, you know, you socialize something, you like something and you love it, right? All three are fine. Right. And and the one that loves it is going to push through. Right. So, and that's really applicable in most things, relationships, you know, socialize with a person like love, you know, and so those three, 
kind of pointers I've always looked at and always tried to share with kids. All three are fine, but understand that when you love something, that's where the shine is going to happen. Right. Um, I'd love to hear more um, about your mentors, but that actually brings to mind something. When we were in um, Virginia this last week, Frank Hellring, Ken York, uh, Tony Singh, Mike Peluso, and I, our whole team was was back there speaking at this um, CEO summit. And, you know, we had this, uh, and I talk a lot about how my favorite part of what we're doing now is the zero cost fundraising. Mm-hmm. We had this, this extraordinary insight come to us. Um, I, I think it was almost given to us that we could use what we're good at to help nonprofits raise, uh, not only not help nonprofits raise funding, but we could help college students to graduate debt-free. Mm-hmm. And you should have seen, and, and you should have seen their eyes light up, these kids we were talking to, right? Because every college student goes through, uh, through their experience with this black, kind of black cloud hanging over there. Right. It almost taints their college experience, right? Because they have the, the, the worry of debt hanging over their head. And they have the concern that they're not going to find a job when they get out of school, right? right. And, and so um, talking about doing what we love, we have just literally in the last week started to evolve a program. I think we're going to call it the Certainty Freedom Fellowship. And help these kids to find their passion, teach them business skills, and actually help them through what we do to earn income while they're in college so that they, they can graduate debt-free and with money in the bank to start their own business, to, to build a house, to transition to their career. And I am so excited about this idea, Gary. We need to talk about it more yeah. offline, but... Um, Speaking of doing things you love, I, mean, I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind. But so, um, talk about a mentor from history, if you wouldn't mind, that's impacted you. I know you have some favorites. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I would call out to uh, so Urban. I mean, I don't, I don't really go deep into my relationship with Magic, but I would say um, he exposed me to a world at a young age. I mean, I was 14, maybe. So, you know, when he came to the Lakers, he was 19. And um, I started spending the summers with him. My, uh, a family member of mine used to do a big high school basketball tournament in the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. which brought him into the Bay Area to uh, play. It was him, Albert King and Sam Clancy and Gene Banks were the high school seniors that were brought in from out of town that played against all the local stars. And nice. so that was my first encounter with Urban at that point. And then when he came to the Lakers, um, well, he came back the next year at, as a freshman from Michigan State to watch the tournament again. And, and But my relationship started with him um, when he became a uh, rookie with the Lakers. And so I used to stay, go out and, and attend his camp as a kid and and later started to stay over after camp. And so that experience, I mean, had to be amazing, you know, from the standpoint of exposure, right. As a young kid, not so much, I never like really was like idolized urban, but the exposure, you know, seeing the world through his lens, because I was, you know, in certain, certain situations I was around him, 
um, you know, probably was definitely one of the things that was life changing. And, you know, I, uh, and then, you know, eventually went on to work for him, um, which, um, you know, I love him for just that belief, um, in giving me that opportunity. Um, and you can only imagine it was kind of, you know, like a big brother. ethereal, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And then it's kind of like a big brother, little brother relationship where, right. You, 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 you don't grow into manhood when you have that kind of history, really. So, um, you know, and that happens. And, but I, but I would say that was very impactful. Mr. Atlas, who, um, brought me in at 19 to work for the Golden State Warriors, uh, along with Purvis Short, um, and Reverend Hurtsfield. Uh, again, those, I'll put them in the three, three, all three. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a life, was a life changer at 19. I'm in the locker room speaking to players, you know, around the importance of spirituality and how that applies to, um, you know, when you go out on the field, but it was, you know, it was spiritual based, religious based, but it's more practical about, you know, understand the gift that you're earning money playing basketball, right? A game that you loved, but then where, where that being in that position, what you can do with that, you know? So I did a lot of things around with foster youth, with the, with the team, um, you know, from cookouts with foster kids to kids being able to come to a practice and meet the players and just all kind of unique experiences, you know, having access to the guys and the guys participating. But, you know, it was Mr. Adels who um, introduced me to the team chaplain to then meeting Purvis Short, who, you know, I would say that changed my really kind of changed my life in 19, you know, in the working in the locker rooms of the NBA for their posted. We're winding down here toward the end, but, um, would you mind sharing just a, a minute on the Give series? I know it's such a great uh, yeah. a project yeah. and enterprise. I mean, I'm sure working with Oprah is amazing. And yeah, um, well, do you mind you mind just commenting on that? We've got about yeah, so Give Give kind of came out of my relationship with Blair Underwood, which was which is we're going on 30 years maybe together um, in the working relationship, and just you know him being a brother, another person that I highly respect because he you know. He trusted me, right? And um, yeah, so he was, you know, heavily, requ- you know, being requested for uh, speaking engagements, personal appearances, donations, and things of that nature. And so, give kind of came out of that. Uh, how do I help him address all of the requests? Uh, and so, the show, which is you know hosted by him and Jenna Bush for three seasons, and you know, we, as you said, we won a number of accolades around it. But it wasn't easy because it was a show about celebrating nonprofits and people of service. There was no drama. There was no wine glasses being thrown. There was no foul language. It was just, Hey, here are some people that are not being properly, I shouldn't say not properly, but people that are trust agents in, in local communities that don't have the support to, you know, for grants and things of that. Age. So we've been able to address over a hundred nonprofits to date. Um, and Blair, you know, is the face of that. And we're continuing to build out. And like I said, because it's because of the category, it's not easy. We we started on NBC. Um, we were fortunate to move over to OWN 
Um, and, and, and now we're going to kind of expand out on that brand. And then we have a lot of other, you know, some new shows with in the same box with Jamie Foxx and some other people around, you know, social impact and how to amplify people that are real trust agents. I love that word trust agents. It's, uh, it's so important. And, um, I'm very excited for what you guys are doing, Gary. Congratulations. And, uh, I know you're not looking for a recognition or anything, but, uh, um, it's inspiring to see people who care and people who are making, trying to make a difference. So um, if someone wanted to reach out and support you in any of your endeavors, is there a, a website or something we'd send them to or. Um, we have the give to change foundation website, which gives really shows you the body of work that we've done. Um that would probably be a good start. And then, uh, I mean, okay. email, uh, I don't know if I want to put my, my email. Yeah, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that would be a great starter and, and, you know, whatever support people want to give is definitely welcomed. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to lots more conversations with you, my friend. Thanks for being on today. Um, our show is all about finding certainty. And in my opinion, you've spent a lifetime, helping create more certainty in others' lives. And that is a tribute to you, my friend. So, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully we've inspired some people to, you know, jump into action, right? I hope we have. <laughs> Don't sit and wait, guys. Keep asking, what else can I do? You'll be amazed at what a difference you can make, even in your own small way. Small ways become medium-sized waves. They become even bigger ways. It's uh, I'm, I, I, we're experiencing it, and it's almost overwhelming seeing how how the the multiplier effect happens. So, thanks again, Gary. Next week, thanks. come visit us with uh, our guest is Mr. Ken York. He's the CEO of a company called LifeExec, who's providing benefits to small businesses and the 50 million Americans who are uninsured or underinsured. They cannot afford the coverage that's available to them. Ken on, and his company have a solution. So if you have any questions, text the word certainty to 26786. We'll let you go, but I hope to see you next week. Thanks again, Gary. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.